The following contest is scheduled for one fall. One fall! Introducing first, weighing in tonight at 0 0.17 metric tons, Peter Tapender Stevenson. Grado! Ladies and gentlemen, he has become a phenomenon in the world of professional wrestling. What? What? What's going on here? Episode 47 of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan back, as always, with David Van Boglen and Ryan Dempsey. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? I am doing quite well. Uh, having a good time. You know, we've uh, we've been picking up some, some new stuff, and uh, we're going to announce all that good stuff later. Yeah. But, man, I'm like a kid at Christmas. Yeah, literally, it's Christmas. It, but, it was. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited uh, going into the new year, man, and... Uh, I'm just having a good time, big, enjoying myself. Big things coming for the average Joes. Yes, Ryan, how you doing, man? Oh, fantastic and miserable at the same time. Getting right into that, you know, Christmas spirit and just dreading the next couple of days of work and just the overload of uh, production that has to get done. I'm just ready for the 24th to be over so I get a couple of days off and I can just relax with the family. And that's, you know, that's all I'm looking forward to right now. Do you got to go back the day after Christmas, or do you get Boxing Day off? Uh, actually, the way that uh, my 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 weekend falls, I get uh, Christmas Boxing Day, and then the following two days off also. So I get a nice four day the four day break. Following two wow. days, look at you. Yeah, Big once in a while everything comes up, Ryan. <laughs> right <laughs> Everything, on, everything's coming up, Dempsey. Hulk, there it is, Dempsey yeah. mania <laughs> running wild. It is eleven inch pythons running wild. Eleven, that's being generous. <laughs> oh boy. Ryan, if you had to, if you had to take a guess, how how big do you think your pythons are? Uh Jesus Christ, I can I use a minus number? Well we we like, need a we need it in inches, not crazy Canadian. Not that weird not, uh, not that not that oh, goddamn no. metric shit. 
Vegas, the Hulksters hold to say they're an even 23 and a half. <laughs> even. <laughs> an even 23 and a half. Is that kind of like how 45 is halfway to 50? You know it, man. You see that? You guys are slowly catching on to the Canadian uh, conversions. Uh, now we get it. Uh, numbers. That's, now we get it. And then you guys wonder why your money is worth less than ours and our economy is crippling. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're still a little bit stronger than the pound, I think. Probably not. <laughs> Everything's stronger than the pound. It doesn't take much. <laughs> Fucking poor pound. <laughs> so, uh, last week I was unable to be here, and uh, before I really get into why, I uh, just want to say thank you to you two for the amount of support you guys sent my way and the fantastic job you two did holding down the show. I laughed. I said, "What the fuck?" A bunch of times. I said, "Jesus." That's what we were going for. I said, "Jesus Christ!" I can't leave these two alone. What the fuck? And you're right. No, but you, you, you boys did a great job. Dave, you did an awesome job hosting Thank the show. You. Thank you very um, much. I thought Appreciate the two, it. I thought the two of you did an awesome, awesome job holding the show down in my absence. The reason why I could not be here last Friday. Um, For those of you that don't really know me personally and and know my job was, I, uh, up until Friday, was working at a medical marijuana dispenser here in Michigan as a security guard, and uh, Friday morning, I got to experience the joy of being raided by the uh, West Michigan Drug Enforcement Task Force. Uh, we also refer to them as We Met Cocksuckers. We Met Cocksuckers. Just so you guys know. Um... For the first time in my life, I had a gun pointed in my face. Uh, not the first time in my life I was put in handcuffs, but uh, was was cuffed and, and sat around waiting to be questioned for a long time. Uh, a pretty fucking crazy ordeal to go through. Uh, I, I haven't been right since. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was, it was pretty. I knew the risks of what I was doing with my job, but never thought that was ever gonna come. You know, just kind of hoped it would never come, yeah. but. I mean, did you expect it to happen in like that? No. Was that, um, I mean, a little excessive, you think, for what was happening? Completely excessive. They okay. could have, they literally could have sent in two regular uniformed police officers with a cease and desist order, and my boss would have shut down. Nobody tried to Nobody. resist. Nope. Nobody tried to fight back. No, weapons in, the, no weapons in the building, no anything like that. I mean, we, we were a legitimate business. Yeah. And a lot of people. When they think about dispensaries, they think, oh, it was just making cash hand over fist. No. Not really. Not, I mean, not anyone that's half intelligent about the operations. There are a lot of them, especially in Muskegon, that are dirty. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's, okay. a, it's a fucking crazy business, and there's a lot of people that were making a lot of cash hand over fist. I mean, you give people an inch, and they'll try to push it as far exactly. as they can go. Yeah. I, I, gotcha. I worked for somebody who legitimately was in the business to help people. She was not in the business to make money. She got into it to try to help sick people. And yeah, we had our you know our patients that didn't really need it. But for every one or two person that was just in there trying to get high, there's ten people coming through the door that have cancer, MS, Crohn's yeah. disease, um, Alzheimer's. Yeah. You know, all kinds of things. I mean, I, I I learned in the year plus that I worked for her, I saw a lot of very sick people come through that door. People, you know, getting off of alcohol, um, opiate addicts that didn't want to be prescribed any more pills and stuff. Yeah. A lot of a lot of things, a lot of people that used cannabis as a means to overcome 
diseases and whatever without having to stick pharmaceuticals down their throat. Yeah. And but yeah, to answer your question, it was extremely excessive for eight armed, vested up, masked police officers to bust in a door. I have uh, I have an, an uncle that lives, that moved to Colorado specifically for this because he contracted HIV. And he couldn't eat with all the stuff that they had. They were giving him to keep his immune system up so he didn't die. He couldn't eat. He had no appetite. I yeah. uh, started uh, consuming edibles yep. and, and smoking it um, and uh, consuming the oils and just using the whole plant. And not just yeah. smoking weed to get That's high, but all, using the whole right, plant right. Exactly. to help him eat and keep the – not only eat, but keep the keep food down. down. Yep. You know, he said if he would just try to eat on being on all these HIV meds he needed, if he tried to eat, it just come right back up. Yeah. Now, if he smoked half a joint, then he could, he could eat and it would settle and yep. it would be fine. It, cures, it helps with what nausea. What the hell, man? You know, we, I had a little old lady. She was one of my favorite patients. She's in her 60s, and she has severe Crohn's disease. Okay. And – you know, her doctors were even amazed at like the reduction in the the flare ups and all that from the use of cannabis. It's a hell of an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, it was a pretty excessive thing, and my mind was just not in the right place to come on the show. As much as I wanted to, as much as like I thought about it being you know something to distract me, I just felt like where my head was at that yeah. day and the way I was feeling. I would have just sat here and not really been able to contribute, and it would have drugged the show down. And, and I thought you guys did a better job in my absence than I would have been able to do Friday. So I appreciate both of you guys' support. You guys have both been there for me f- for all of this. And uh, But, yeah, I just wanted to explain to everybody, give you guys the reasons why I wasn't here. Um, I just that, – that fucked me up, basically. Yeah. And it's, you know – it was, a, it was a fucking crazy experience, man. I've, I've never had a gun pointed in my face before, especially by... I already don't like the police. I mean, I know there are good cops out there, obviously. I'm not going to get into that debate. There's good people and bad people everywhere you go. But, you know, I shouldn't have to feel paranoid because I, a cop's behind me even when I'm doing nothing uh-huh. wrong. And to have a masked, vested-up fucking officer with a gun in my face, like, fuck. Excessive. Very. Especially being the only one that got cuffed. And I legitimately asked them after it was all over. I was like, so, did you guys cuff me because I'm the biggest one here? And they were like, basically, yeah. You fucking fucking kidding me? And then they wanted to try to laugh and joke around and shit. Like, I'm sitting in fucking handcuffs. And they're looking, we we got posters on the wall with, like, different pictures of buds and shit and whatever. And they're like, oh, these are fucking cool. Like... One's looking at all the names, and he's like, hey, man, who, who comes up with these names? And I'm sitting in a fucking chair with handcuffs. Like, at least they cuffed me in front. Oh, yeah. Good. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, they didn't... I mean, they didn't place me under arrest. I was just being detained and for their protection. For their protection, yeah, whatever. So, whatever. But it's like, I'm not in the fucking mood to joke around with you cocksuckers <laughs> right now. And then you want to tell me about how you think it should be legalized and... You you know we're like you guys got fucking better things to do in this town like bust heroin dealers. Yep. We have an epidemic in Muskegon County. Oh yeah. Bad epidemic of heroin. I love, I love the fact that you're sitting there in handcuffs uh, during this bus and they're telling you that it should be legal. Yeah. Yeah, it's that crazy. And so you're telling me that I shouldn't be in this position, but yet you're gonna put me in this position. Like yeah. They pay. They, they want to try to paint. They want to try to paint my boss as like this fucking. Drug kingpin. She's a little tiny lady. She's there's nothing to her. She's a she's little just lady. little tiny yeah. ass woman, man. Yeah. Like I said, two fucking regular police officers could have came in with a cease and desist order, 
and we would have fucking shut right. down. All right, no time to go. That's what you said. I got it. Time to go. But they were doing these sweeps because Michigan, um, Tuesday, a new law became law in Michigan that uh, legalized dispensaries, concentrates, and edibles. But the, the loophole is is that the state of Michigan will not start issuing licenses to these provision centers until next year of 2017. And I don't just mean after the first of the year. I mean literally this time next year. 365 days. Yes. 364 days. 364 days from the day that the law became becomes law, which was the 20th. So as of the 21st of next year, licenses will start being issued. So... That also means that everybody else that's still operating um, is potentially looking to get real fucked. So if, if you weren't shut down before that time, you're not grandfathered in. You have to shut down there's, and reapply. There's this giant confusion. A lot of a lot of people think that they are grandfathered in. From what I heard, uh, it's an automatic two-year felony if you are caught operating without a license. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that was my reason for not being here last week. Um like I said, I just wanted to be, since we got into this 20-minute hole, uh, I just wanted to, you know, explain the reasoning why to everybody because I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not, a, you know, I just was not in the right place to do this last week. So you guys did a great job holding it down. And once again, thank you for all the support that you both sent my way. Mm-hmm. And uh, one quick update from last week's show. Uh, Muggsy Bogues is now officially nominee for the Basketball Hall of Fame. So, we mentioned him last week on the Slam Dunk competition. Bugsy, now he's huh? possibly going to be a Hall of Famer. So, there wow. we go. Wow. It was fun That's to watch. That's Jeff. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jeff was, you know, we were trying to tell Jeff, was like, bro, we went down this little basketball thing. I don't think he expected to get what we actually went through with basketball. Yeah. I, you know, I thought he was like, maybe we'd get a snippet or something. No, man, we went deep. We went deep Brown and Cedric Sabalos deep. I mean, we oh, went down man. the line. Arvita Sabonis. You, you guys did go deep as fuck into that basketball <laughs> K-hole. And I, I was I was driving around after going and turning in my first job application and uh, <laughs> Monday trying to get my head correct before I lost my mind. Um, listening to the show, driving around by the beach and stuff, and I was just like, what the fuck? And I'm laughing, and I'm messaging the two of you while I'm listening to this shit. It's going, wow, boys. Wow. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. You can put into words what you were feeling at that moment. (laughs) Wow is about enough. Uh, But... You know, we made it through last night, or last weekend, wasn't the same, of course, but we knew you were, I mean, I knew... Once it went down, I was like, you know, I offered, I gave you, you one, I gave you an offer, I said, you know what, if you want to get out of the house, and just come and do it anyway, and try to get it off your mind, more than welcome to, you didn't feel like you could, so I didn't press the issue, nope. it's totally fine, I get it. No, you guys, you guys were more than supportive, and, and, I mean, Ryan, you both, you both messaged me just after finishing up the show, about simultaneously, it was like, Ryan messaged me first, within about two minutes or so later, you mm-hmm. messaged me, but both, both said about the same things, and... And I laughed, and, and we talked about it, and it's just like, like I said, my head was just not in the right place, and I felt like I would have just drug the show down. Sure. Um, so I just felt like it was a disservice to myself, to the show, to come on when my head just wasn't in it, and I thought you two did a great job holding it down, and I'll, I will continue to give you guys praise, because it was a great show. Yeah, we did what we, you know, we did what we could, and we kind of, uh, we had, you know, we had fun at the same time, and, you know, but uh, it's always... 
It's never the same when one of the three yeah. guys is gone. Yeah. You know, we we need all three of each other to kind of yeah, you know, the, to really complete the circle. Changes us that little bit, but yeah, that little bit ends up being a lot. Yeah, you know, we we, we do our best, but we need the triangle. Definitely, you know, we need all three points of that thing to to make it run right. But yeah, I absolutely missed it. I missed you guys. I missed talking with the three of you. It's are the three of us talking. Yeah. Um. It's. Definitely something I look forward to every week. It's crazy how, you know, I've done it a few times where you miss a week, or sometimes even two. Yeah. And you're just, I'm just sitting there like, man, I need to get this off my chest. Mm-hmm. I need to get on the air yeah. and talk about this, you know. Yeah, we, it's a great outlet we've got, and uh, I'm very appreciative for it. So, now let's get out of this, this. somber bullshit, and uh, let's, let's start talking. around, baby. Let's start talking MMA. Last Saturday night... We had a Fox card from Sacramento, California that was headlined by Paige Van Zant taking on the karate hottie Michelle Waterson. And Michelle Waterson in her first Ooh. fight in over a year coming back from injury looked impressive. Wow. Wow. Set up Paige with a beautiful head and arm throw. And uh, off that took her back, sunk the choke in. And uh, Paige went down like a warrior. She didn't tap. Right, right. She she went she went to sleep and they stopped the fight, but a, a beautiful beautiful sub performance by Michelle Waterson. And yeah, it was and it was good on the referee because it looked like he jumped in just before she went right out. He got it. I mean, he didn't let her sit in the in the hold and you know suffer. He was he was on top of the he was on top of the situation. You know, and uh, uh, going into this one, I mean, yeah. You never want to count out someone like Michelle Waterson because she's got tremendous skills, but you also have to look at the fact that she's only had like three fights in eight years, I think, or something like that. Really ridiculous number. Um, I'm going to take a look real quick at that. And Paige is really, I mean, they're really kind of banking on Paige, the Paige as was, being like they're, you know, a, a, a big name and a big Paige was a big up-and-comer. That was, that's that's why they pushed her so hard and gave her this this headlining spot was because she was... Uh, yeah, so for, it was eight years, she said, this was her fourth fight in eight years. Yeah. So, I mean, Michelle Waterson hasn't been exactly the most active fighter. All of her wins by submission. Yeah. Well, I think, let's see, I want to say between that 2013 and 2015 fight was when she had the baby. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I know she's got the little daughter now, right? like two, two or three years old, yeah. so. Because that's when she won the Adam Weight championship, wasn't it? Against Pena? She was uh, the Invicta. Right here. right here. Yeah, she was the Invicta Adam Weight champion. Yes. I can't open that one, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, and she had. Uh, I mean, they made it a point to uh, to stress that Watterson has. They've been like I don't know if they're documenting it, but I think it's, it sounded like they were documenting uh, her struggle and her success between balancing the fight game and uh, practicing and training and raising a daughter by herself. I mean, they're really you know. They, I think they were they were talking about documenting something about that. Uh, for coming up with that and, and doing it yeah. uh, and being successful yep. at, at both. You know, she seems to have a very well-adjusted child. I think so. How, oh, yeah. Um, you know, what kind of life that uh, a fighter on television and whatnot well, is. Well, I mean, her husband's involved in, in her training camp, I believe, because yeah. her husband was in the corner with her. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was the guy she was kissing in the, uh, yeah. the post-fight. That's her husband. 
But, I mean, that's a huge, huge win for Michelle Waterson. Um, especially for her. I mean, this is someone that you could really market to. Definitely. Definitely. She's definitely marketable. She's a, she's a very attractive girl, a woman. Um, very talented fighter. Extremely. Of, you know, she fights out of Jackson Wink. Like, she comes from a great camp. She's finished camp. all four fights she's been in. She's won submission. all four yep. fights. I mean, professional that are that are recognized by the UFC. Right. She's won them all. She's won them all by submission. You know, that's... She's she's definitely marketable. She's marketable. She's great looking. She's got uh, she talks. She speaks well. Yeah. Uh, she's got a great confidence about her. There's and she's got great training. Yeah. Like you said, Jackson she, Wink. She's not she's not quite as marketable as Paige. This definitely this night was it like like you said, Ryan. This was a bad yeah. night for Dana White. Yeah. Both his yeah, golden I mean, both his golden geese. Fight, you know that that Paige Van Zandt. She walked up to Dana White and looked right at him and said, "Dana, Bobby." I'm your white knight. <laughs> and Jessica Ellison die hard. She took a bullet right away and was that was it. Yeah, I remember Ryan sent a message something to the effect of, Man, all the up and comers went down tonight or something. I mean something Yeah, all, all the gold, all the golden ponies stepped there it is. out. Yeah, there and it is. And Dana's sitting in the corner crying. Yeah, he's sitting back like son of a bitch. Great. Now yeah, like now now he has all of his eggs in the Ronda Rousey basket and if she loses no, Sage is uh, down. Paige is down. Connor, who knows what's going on with him? They, they have no one yeah, really. They yeah. can uh, Jones really is push out on our throats. Uh, Jones is out for a year, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. So I mean, that's um, and look now looking at Paige. Paige is two and two over her last four fights. She's beaten Alex Chambers and Rowdy Beck, and she's lost her uh, thug and the karate hottie. Right now. This and she and, didn't look good in either of those two losses. No. Thug beat her ass. Thug beat the shit out of yeah. her. Thug, yeah. She, thug, thug whooped her for, for four rounds, five rounds. She looked and She looked good. Waterson, in, Waterson, she looked like she could never get comfortable. I, I don't know if it was uh, um, Waterson's stance, but something seemed to be off in Paige's game. She looked a little more timid uh, to start an attack, and she looked like she was... A, just trying to like wait for uh, Watterson to make a mistake, and Watterson's too too uh, good of a fighter to, to make a mistake, you know. Right. And the first chance that she had, she made Paige pay for being uh, a little more timid. She definitely did. You know, it, um... Paige Paige looked Paige got the shit beaten out of her by Thug. Absolutely. But she showed a lot of heart and grit, uh, grit. toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, she uh, tenacity never. You know, whatever word you want to put on it, she, she showed that she had a chin. I mean, she took that ass whooping, and she stood there and asked for more. I mean, she did not back down. Yeah. She did not back away. But, you know, she still got that her ass kicked, in, you know. Um, she lost a couple spots, and uh, Watterson moved up, like, four spots, moved up quite a bit. I mean, even in this loss to Watterson, Paige is still quite, I, I believe, Paige is still quite high, uh, when it comes to the UFC brass, on, on how much her value is truly is. I mean, For they sure. Could, they could still sell Paige. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They could still sell her. I mean... And now they can sell... They can start to begin to put the machine behind someone like Watterson and sell her as well. Oh, yeah. they got to give Watterson a push now. I mean, she jumped up a good amount of spots in the rankings. Yeah, I believe it's four, right? Yeah. Four spots? Four spots to seven? I believe she took... Uh, I think uh, her and Paige just swapped spots. Right. No, well, Watterson was 12, or 11, and moved up to 7, I believe. Yeah, and I think Paige dropped. Yeah, she uh, moved up to 7. And 
Paige was at seven and moved down to nine. Nine. Oh, she just dropped to nine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah, what do you guys think? Like, what do you do with Paige at this point now? Um. There are, I mean, if she's sitting at nine, there's... There's so much you can do with her. I mean, yeah. You can, you, can do damn, you can do anything with her uh, still. I mean, she's not, she hasn't lost much. No. You know, maybe she lost a couple spots in the rankings, but you can give her a lot. You got, you know, you can you got Morena Moroz, Joanne Caldwell, Sotovar. Did Moroz just get a fight canceled, so she'll have one coming up I soon. believe so, yeah. You know, uh, um, yeah, see Watterson up for Page Um You could give her anyone. You could give her the upcoming Grasso after Grasso gets that fight done. That she's yeah. Gonna, I mean, I mean that would be. You could sell that. You know, the up and cover and Page. Definitely. I mean, you can give her Carla. You can give her Tisha. You can give her whoever give you her, want. Let her, let her fight JoJo. That's fine. Yeah. JoJo needs a fight. Absolutely. You know, I think what they gotta do, uh, regardless regardless of like who they give her to fight, don't put her at the main event spot yet. Maybe like a little bit too quickly. Third, I don't know though because, but I think you know putting these younger, younger fighters right at the main event so early on in the career, like that doesn't help them. Also, no, but but they sold, man. They sold the best. It was the best ratings that UFC had had on Fox yeah. all year. They broke records. Uh, because what were, they really, what were they going up against though? Also, there was no college football going on that night. Pro football? There was just them and the NHL. Well, no, not really. It was the Dolphins and the Jets. Still football. Yeah. Well, still, I mean, consider it though. She still did really well. Yeah, but I mean, that's okay. You can say there was nothing she was going up against. Fine, whatever. But they still scored better ratings on a Saturday night than any Mighty Mouse fight. True, yeah, that's true. You know, they, uh... But, I mean, ratings aside, if you're going to put someone down for ratings and all that's going to happen is they can't take that pressure, that spot, that right away... 4.8 million viewers. Then you risk losing that person, too. 4.8 million viewers, most watched events since 2013. She's still selling, brother. I mean, she's that's the highest rated... Oh, I'm not... And I mean, you can... I'm, I'm just saying, like, having her in that spot, like, I'm saying, like, the, putting the pressure on someone uh, so new, uh, putting them into the main event so early on in their career, I'm saying... It's not her second main event, though. Put them as a co-main or a third fight. Not her first main event, though. Her and Rowdy, or her and, uh... Was her, her, yeah, her and Thug, yeah. Her and Thug? Wasn't her and Rowdy the main, though, too? Was that me? No, that was Condit Maya. Oh, okay, so they were co. It was, uh... Thug, this was her first main event against Thug and her second against... And she's selling, man. You know what, she maybe even... She, even if she's losing, she's still selling. Her ratings are still high out there. She's young. You know, she's good-looking. Everyone likes her, you know, on the UFC side of the thing. I'd keep putting her in those fight car, fight night cards uh, as high as oh, you can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, she's fight not for ready. Sure, yeah. I, I see one thing. She's not ready to main event a pay-per-view, but she's doing a great job main eventing... Um, uh, Fox Sports and even uh, Fight Pass. If you want to go that deep, she could she could main event those uh, main event co-main all day long, and she'll get great numbers. I think. Oh, for sure, yeah. all day. Were you guys surprised at this victory of Watterson? Okay, since I didn't <laughs> I didn't get to make my picks. Um, Last week, and I should have texted them to you guys, but given where my head was at, I didn't even yeah. think about it until afterwards. But 
Um, I was actually going. I would have picked Michelle, and I was picking Mickey. Yeah, anybody, oh, okay. anybody yeah, can sure. call it hindsight being twenty twenty. You want? I know how you pick things. You know how I pick I things. You guys things. both know how I pick things. Yeah. And I would have picked Mickey anyway because I hate Sage. <laughs> I think you would have picked Michelle, uh, Mickey, Faber, uh, Joe Ban. Uh, let's see what we get down here. Uh, I, I would have picked Mintasseri. You would have picked uh, probably Leslie Smith, probably uh, Colby Covington, probably Mitsugaki. Uh, probably Sandoval. I, I actually would have picked Mitsugaki. I was yeah. I was here watching that fight with you, so I was shocked when Eddie Wilder put him away. Joey Diaz says, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> yeah, I fucking know how you are. I'm a savage over here. Who are you talking to? You think talking to Joey Bananas? I know how you pick. Uh, I wasn't um, necessarily shocked uh, about the winner-loser. I was shocked on how quickly and how it happened, how dominant she was. She did not give Paige anything. No. And she just... She, she controlled her, she dominated her, she took her down, she choked her out, she she had her way with her. That head and arm was beautiful. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I love a head and arm throw. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah, it would be hard for me to say if I was um, surprised or not because I think I mentioned it on last week's show that I didn't see enough from Michelle to really uh, gauge how the fight would have gone. Sure. But seeing how she performed... Uh, on Saturday night there, I could definitely see her taking a... If they fight three times, I could see her taking all three of them, no problem. I'd, I'd like to see them try to run this one back, maybe six months or so, if none of them have anything else going on. Yep. You know, some injuries happen, they want to try to run it back again. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. So we didn't get to, like Ryan said, we didn't get to see a lot of it, because it happened so quick, and that happens. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing them try to do it again. I like, I like both these girls. I think they're both... Uh, very talented, and they both obviously sell very well. So I wouldn't mind seeing them do it again. And, and, and Paige no. definitely has the uh, the right attitude to do. Yeah, coming to the loss and, and right away saying like, "Don't worry, like I still see myself as the champion one day." Like, don't like yeah. you know, she she's twenty two. This loss as yeah. a, as a learning step. She's twenty two years old. Like Jeff's, you know, Jeff pointed out at twenty two, man. That's that's the maturity. That you don't see out of a lot of twenty-two-year-olds in that position, and she didn't make an excuse. She just said, "I need to spend more time on my jujitsu." Yeah. That's a that's a reason, not an excuse. There's a big difference. Yeah. You're right. There yep. was no excuse. That's you know, she sees what has to be done, and I think if she does work on that ground game, that jujitsu game, get some jujitsu and get some judo and get some grappling training, um, she's gonna be a lot more dangerous. Yeah, she's gonna be a lot she more. Is. Well, she's got the two. She's still she still has a good. You know, five, six years before she's really going to be at her prime. Like she's going to be a sponge for the next couple of years, just absorbing and absorbing. And, you know, if she can build off of what she already has, she'd become a total package in the, in the UFC. I'm glad we're going to get to watch this happen because we're going to see, I think we're going to see her blossom and unfold by, you know, like 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a, a page that, um, you know, is really excel, starts excelling. And championship level material, you know, it's going to take a few years. Yep. But you know, what else we got to do? You and I had this conversation yesterday. Um, what, Ryan? Who do you want to see them put Michelle Watterson up against next? Uh, you've got uh, Jessica Andrade, Tisha Torres, 
Rose Namajunas, Carlos Barnes, and obviously KK and uh, Claudia. And then, you know, I'd be, I'd be done for, for a fight with Rose. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that's the same fucking yeah. thing we said. Yeah, that's what we were going Everyone, every, there was a lot of talk of uh, Carlos Sparza. I think that's a pretty decent match, but I think her and Thug would be a good fight. She could learn a lot from a Carlos Sparza, someone, to, you know, more of a veteran. She could learn a lot fighting her, but I think uh, I think Thug or Tisha... Right up her alley. I don't know if I like the yeah, Tisha, Tisha fight so Tisha much. Could be, uh, could be interesting to kind of put another name out. There's a lot of there, Tisha Torres is still kind of uh, an unknown name, I think, to a lot of uh, Fairweather fans. If people are going to start tuning in because of whoever else is on the card and they see her and you know Michelle Larson going at it, that could help uh, spread another star too. Didn't uh, didn't Tisha come out? Yeah, Tisha's and now dating she's Rocky. Dating Ryan's girl. Yeah, Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. She's got a fight coming up pretty it's, soon. It's a sore subject for me. I don't know. <laughs> well, Ryan, I hate to break it to you, but you knew you knew your girl was into girls from like the beginning of the Ultimate Fighter, right? Like she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you can still. Hey, there's, yeah, there's, still be your you girl. Spoil my fun, right? I can always hope and pray. I mean, Karen, please don't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I lost Misha, brother, so now I got to find me a new one. You know, <laughs> y'all. I loved me. Y'all, y'all were trying to jump on my Michelle Waterson. Fuck off. Me and Ken, me and Ken Evans have had that fucking state claim for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I'm riding with my boy uh, Ken I Evans. Mean, I got your I back, Ken. More. I was impressed with her. She's beautiful and she, she can fight. Yeah, and she can't fight. The only fight that's that really scares me out of those ones is Jessica Andrade. I don't like Jessica Andrade for Michelle Waterson. Because Waterson's a fucking atom weight, man. She's yeah. a 105-er. I know. I know. Jessica Andrade cuts down from when women brown weight. is a thick 115-er. She's just... She was a beast at 35 that just was too small. Now she's killing girls at 115. Dude, a lot of Jessica's on the strong weight. Yeah. Holy crap. Andrade, Aguilar, Penny. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of names in that division. Just a matter of of like people finding out about them more because yeah. they seem like they pepper the card early on with those lower weight class, like for their the for the strawweight card, uh, strawweight fighters rather. Sorry, like, I'd like to see them just throw at least one or two names up, uh, up earlier in the or later in the cards. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it's coming. The time's coming. Great fight. Great fight. You know, not, uh, not long fight, but nope. still, you know, showed me a lot. In the co-main event... Uh, it was a very great fight. It was a very great fight. Uh, Mickey Gall beat up the human Ken doll. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we go any further, when, when, uh, when Ryan and I were talking about... Uh, did you listen to last week's show? I did. We talking, yeah. Oh, yeah. My description of, of how you felt... You about, nailed it. Okay. Nailed right. it good. right on the good. fucking head. I, I was... I was applauding as I was listening to it. You, you guys, both, both of you, did a did a really good job of, yeah. of knowing me well enough to know the things and how I feel about certain things. Because there was a couple of things Ryan brought up, my thoughts and, and feelings mm-hmm. on too. Mm-hmm. But you, you both nailed my my Sage Northcutt. Fantastic! It, it it is nothing really about Sage. It was the hype. Yeah. That they put behind the kid for no yeah. fucking reason when he had nothing. Yeah, I tried so to explain you, you that. Your, your anger towards him is the same as mine. Yeah, because yeah. I want I want to like him. I think that he is talented. I've tried. I, I kind of like prove his... it. Don't just make me. Don't yeah. make me know it. Make that me was see it. it. Don't don't give me this push of this kid off of his first win over a nobody that tested positive and got fired from the company a week later. And yeah, he, he, like what did they? What did they say? I think one of. Uh, one of Sage Norcutt's couple of wins is against a current MMA analyst now. 
Who's he's that? been in the UFC for the cup of coffee. He's already been. He already beat up an analyst. Cody Fister or Francisco Trevino? I'm not sure. I didn't say the article didn't say. It just said that Sage Northcutt, one of his wins is against the uh, against an MMA journalist. Ricky Martin might be doing some MMA uh, or some UFC Latino stuff. Yeah, um, could be Cody Fister. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But he, I mean, he got choked out by the dude that just got beat up by Kobe Covington. Yeah. You know, I tried to and I tried to um, explain this stuff to to other people as well, and I use I use Jeff's um, uh, description of it and, and his reason behind it. It's like it's like it's like guys, uh, and I, I you nailed it when you said pump think, the brakes. Yeah, that's I, my fucking phrase. I was my thing this whole time, which is pump the brakes. Right, man. you know, so I think it might have, it might have been Joey or it was Scott. I don't remember who I was talking to. I'll go back and look. I said, look. There's nothing to do with, with Sage's ability. He's, he's a great athlete. There's nothing to do with his look. He's a good-looking kid. Incredibly good. Sell, you know, good-looking you know, kid. Great, easy uh, to sell. Easily yeah. marketable. It's nothing to do with anything other than uh, he was shoved down our throats for way nothing. too quickly and made us believe that he was the second coming for no reason. We had nothing. They just did it too fast, and it wasn't worth it. And that's I tried to explain it to them, too, and they were like, Oh yeah, I get it. They could have yeah, given. Yeah, I get it. Give this kid the John Jones come up. And he was he was looking pretty good at the start of that second round too. <laughs> I liked the heel turn that he was doing. I liked the, the kicks, the, the kicks, and the talking you know, shit. Like, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. But ultimately, well, that's what Mickey Galtman said afterwards too. Yeah, he said when he when 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 he when Sage started talking smack, he's like, okay, maybe this kid does have something after yeah, all. Yeah, he's turning heel. Have you two seen the picture of? Sage and Leslie Smith with the Diaz brothers. I don't think I have. Oh my god, Sage Sage looks so like concerned and out of place. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) It was Sage, Leslie Smith, and then the Diaz brothers after the fight. The look. I mean, we've seen in in Sage's two losses that it couldn't hurt him to maybe go and practice with the Diaz, get some good jujitsu practice under his belt. See if you can find it. I want to take a look at that because I don't remember seeing that. I think I retweeted it. Let me find it. I don't remember seeing that picture because that would be really awkward for Sage. Sage looked so awkward. Like the look in his eye was just like... Oh, that's crazy. Hang on. Let me go back through all my fucking tweets. All right, go for it. My God I mean, as you find that, I mean, we were were talking last week. You know what? I I know um, it was was hard for me to judge on... Uh, Mickey Gall because of uh, like Ryan and I said what we've seen of him so far in the cage has been against a nobody and a pro wrestler we haven't really got to see him challenge very many martial artists you know and Sage you know we've seen Sage but uh, Cody Fister was was a good challenge but we've seen him fight guys that were you know kicked out of the company they were old they were nothing you know, uh, we haven't really right. seen Sage do much, but but lose to a very, you know, not not a very strong uh, rear naked, I believe it was. Uh, granted, the strep though, or not even still, it wasn't really. I mean, he was a quick tapper. That wasn't it. Wasn't yeah. even a, it was a head and arm triangle. It wasn't even a rear naked. It? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, you can take your goddamn strep throat excuse you tried <laughs> to throw out there last week, Dempsey, and shove it. That motherfucker tapped like a pussy because he barely oh, no, got shot. Oh, no, I rightfully, like, I, I, I know he did tap, but I mean, if you want to listen, if, if what everyone was saying going after that fight was true, that he was on, the, on, on antibiotics, and if he did have uh, the strep throat, then, you know, like I said, if you're on strep throat, it, 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 you can have trouble swallowing jello, let alone having any pressure put I mean, on you. You can, it's true. So, but... I, mean, I can, 
I can definitely see that he did tap fast. I do, you know, I, I always yeah. get it. He barely got choked to be But tapped. the thing, the thing is, though, if he wasn't one hundred percent going into that fight, they do have somewhat of a legitimate argument. He never, you know, to his credit, though, he never used it as an excuse no. um, in any of the post-fight oh, interviews. Came out and said it. Speaking of his father, that dude has. Did, that guy, I think, has cost him a lot of shit because. Ooh, speaking of the his, Michelle Waters, his, holy shit! I want one of those. Sorry, I just found this really sexy picture of Michelle Is Waters. Still in the green bikini? Yeah. Uh, no, it's just her in her underwear with her. It's a lace with her ass on. I want one. I do too. Well, lace thong. Where was I? Uh, no, no, just you know, a nice Michelle little, Waterson. you know, nice little <laughs> lace deal. I was. Uh, so where was I? Yo, Sage's dad isn't he? Is is his head trainer? Yeah, he just cost him some yeah. shit with camps because Fra Hobby don't want to work with him no more because of fucking Sage's dad. He needs to get away from his dad and he needs to, to start doing things on his own like a man. If I remember correctly, uh, Fahas was in Mickey's corner. Really? Yeah, I didn't notice I that. that. I think that's right. I didn't notice that. Yeah, actually, I didn't either I did, until... I noticed some at one point, but I don't remember which fight it was. Shout out to the Severe MMA podcast, because I'm pretty sure that's where I uh, found that. Um, that's where I found that little tidbit of information, was those guys talking about it uh, on the show this week. So shout out to Sean Sheehan and, uh, and Graham from the Severe MMA pod. If you're not listening to that and you like Irish accents, you should give it a listen. this fight too I don't know what you guys thought um, Mickey Gall even didn't look overly impressive until you know, he landed that that one shot and then was able to take him take his back and get the submission nothing he didn't look overly impressive to me in that fight he didn't but it really shows the difference in um, how easily he took Sage's back once he got him down. It was with ease. Dude, Mickey's jits is sick. He, you know, he's a yeah, no, he's, yeah, his jujitsu is, is amazing. He trains with the Miller brothers. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's saying I don't know how well it's. I mean, Mickey's obviously got tremendous skills, but maybe it's his his great skills or how lacking Sage is on the ground because he did not defend that transition to the back. He, At all. He, he did an okay job in the first round, if, if I remember. Um, but yeah, like once he got caught in the second, like it just it just looked like he was done with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what a great win for Mickey Gall. Now, if you look back, that, he's the guy that beat CM Punk, and he also beat Sage Northcutt, Super Sage, the... The up and comer, the whatever you want to call him, he's got a lot. Of, you know, Sage has a lot of momentum, and he's got, he's gaining a lot of uh, followers and fans that both like and want to see him get beat up. But the point is, they're following him and they're talking about him. Mickey's got wins over both these guys now. He's really climbing up there. Sage is talking. He's going to go back to fifty-five, and that's the next thing. Is Sage? Sage is, is probably done at one seventy. He wants to go back to what he calls his natural fighting weight Mickey, of 155. And Mickey's talking about dropping to 55, called out Dan Hardy. And Dan Hardy replied with, no thank you, or whatever the hell I said. <laughs> I want to fight somebody that's not an up-and-comer, but yeah, somebody, somebody but relevant, or whatever he said. Yeah. You, you weren't even in high school <laughs> the last time I fought, or some yeah. shit like that. 
I'm still trying to find this fucking picture of Sage. That's all right. We'll find it later. Me nuts. So what did you take? I mean, Ryan, what else did you see out of uh, out of these two young guys going in this fight? You know, like, it's one of those things where you can definitely see potential. I do think that Sage's uh, striking um, is definitely going to be a strong point with him. He definitely he, like he needs to work on on his ground game. Um, so I get like opposite for for Mickey Gall. I want like Mickey Gall on the ground looks really smooth. Um, you don't doubt that he's going to be able to make a good transition, but the stand up to me it it just lacks that little bit. I think. Uh, no, it, it was it, where he hit him there in the temple, right behind the ear. Um, that shot, I mean, that's going to knock a lot of people down. So you know, he got a good punch in, which would led to him getting the victory. But before that, Sage opened up that second round, looking really crisp. He was landing some good shots before Gall landed that one. Um, but I definitely think that these guys can definitely improve, and who knows? You know, maybe three, four years on the road. If they work on their game enough, you can see these guys going at it again in a, in a bigger fight. I'm interested in to see where Gall goes after this. Now I'm now I'm kind of interested in the kid. Now, I mean, I, I was I shouldn't say that I, I was interested in, uh, interested in watching him come in and fight what fight Punk, but now after his last couple fights, and you know he was on the Joey Diaz podcast yep. this last week. I started watching that. I didn't get to finish it, but. Uh, he did, you know, he did great on there. No, I, I'm getting interested in this kid. And I, I want, I want to see how he progresses. I want to see how he grows, but I also want to see how he handles a defeat because that's that's a big, uh, a big way to determine how successful he's going to be. It's not just seeing a guy in his victories, but looking at how he handles a defeat. So, well, I mean, Mickey's only had four professional fights. Right. That fight for that fight he got. And looking for a fight where they discovered him was his first pro fight. And he's fought now three times since. Um, yeah, he said the first cat that he had to win to get to Punk, well, then Punk, and then Super Sage. Yeah, so he's 4-0. Yep. Um, who, I guess, I can't really make a prediction of who Mickey's going to fight next because we don't know if he's staying at 170 if he's going to yeah. cut to 55. <clears throat> Same with Sage, because, Ryan, you had proposed fucking CM Punk, which would have been a pretty interesting fight, but... Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> what, three-way dance? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, we'll make up an interim title for them both, or for the three-way dance. Oh, don't, right. don't open that can of worms. Do you really want me to fucking go off on that shit? Uh, it's coming. <laughs> Everybody gets a fucking title. We'll just yeah. we'll, we'll just go Oprah up in this bitch. You get a title and you get a title. We'll save that for you. We'll save that shit for news. Why do you get me fired up, Dempsey? Let me get through the goddamn card first. Let me get through the goddamn no, card first. Dave let me into a, into a three-way dance. And when I think three-way dance, you know, I got to think something big is going to have to be on the line. Hey, we've been talking. I've been talking three-way dances in MMA for a while, too. That was something me and Eric, me and Eric, and fucking kind of had numerous conversations about. Uh, Russia has twelve way dances. Yep. I actually, yeah. so I found that video one way, time. Yeah. I did find that video one time because after one day listening to Way of the Warrior, Ken was like, "When are they? You know, I'm just waiting for the day they start doing team MMA." And I found that video and <laughs> tweeted it to him. I was like, "Meanwhile, in Russia, yeah." But. <laughs> Russia, some crazy cats. Here's uh, here's Ryan's people's main event. 
um, in his swan song fight of his quote-unquote illustrious career. And I say that nicely. Um, Uriah Faber went out on top with a really impressive win over Brad Pickett. Um, Ryan, I'll let you drool and, and lament and shower well, your boy with praise. The Phoenix first, you know, it's a sad, sad day for the MMA world when Uriah walked away. I mean, everyone, you know, uh, friend and foe, like, you know, a lot of, it was actually nice to see the praise uh, about what he did for later weight classes. Um, hearing it from TJ and, and Dominic Cruz going to Saturday's fight. Um, and Brad Pickett, you know, he's not a slouch. He's one of those guys that when that fight started, it could have been over really fast for Faber. Um, the, I think it was an uppercut that Faber landed, and then uh, even a right hand has dropped Pickett. And I think we were talking, and I just, I didn't, I didn't think Pickett was going to make it over that wrap that first round. Um, and going into the second, I thought that it was probably going to be ended pretty quick. So for Brad Pickett to, to go that entire fight, um, I mean, that's, that definitely says a lot about, about his heart and his durability. Because you can, if you, you can see him at the end of the first round, in between rounds, he's sitting in the corner, and you can just kind of, if you read his mind, he's going over that phone call that he had with Dana White, and the, you know, Dana calls him up, hey, Brad, come out to the coast, we'll get together, we'll have a few laughs. And then you're my favorite, just, they picked him apart for 15 minutes. The, the one thing uh, that really uh, impressed me with uh, Pickett's game were those, uh, those calf kicks. Yeah, it really shook your eye up really, really fast, and it really made your eye change his game. Um, that's a, I think that's gonna be a move we're gonna start seeing a lot more now. That uh, in the, especially in the next couple of months, we'll probably see a lot more calf kicks. Uh, if I, I think if he landed a couple more of those earlier on, it could have been a different outcome for sure. Well, yeah, what. Um... I got a message from uh, Joey Ladegas, like I said last week, that Joey's huge, huge Uriah fan, and he was watching, and it was one of those rare times where Uriah was fighting and he actually didn't have a show to play. And like I said, I always seemed to line up. Whenever Uriah happened to be fighting, Joey never, you know, Joey always had to play that night, but he didn't. So he got to sit back and watch Uriah's final fight, and... Uriah really picked it, really picked pick it apart. I he mean, did. He that, did from the, top to bottom. The drop in the first round was yeah. great. Um, I thought he was going to get him when he got his neck. I did too. I thought it was over then. Yeah. It was a classic Uriah fight. It was. He, he smothered him. He balled him. He took him down with five. Was it five times out of ten attempts? I mean, he just he went after him, and uh, he mauled him, and he got the victory. So go ahead, Ryan. Tell me how convince me that Uriah or Uriah Faber is a Hall of Famer. Uh, well, you know, like you said, Saturday, and there when we were talking about it, I think mean, if you're going to talk, about, you know, uh, MMA as a whole, you have to look at his WEC days yeah. and how dominant of a champion he was back in those days before the UFC bought him, uh, brought him over. <coughs> dominant. Said, wait, wait, I have wait. No problem with what you had said, putting him in in the uh, pioneer wing. I, I would definitely have no problem with that because I think that he would fit in perfectly there because uh, again what he he did do for the for that weight the, that those lower weight divisions um dominant as a champion over who besides a young besides a young dominant cruz 
who who on that list is, that he beat as a champion? Yeah, but they didn't really have much in the WC um, at that really weight for him. You're also you're looking at a time when like. Uh, when there wasn't a lot of those weight class, like people were jumping up to fight at 155 because that was the lowest weight class before um, WEC came in and started doing the 35 and 45. And that's when you started seeing like guys like Jens Pulver who fought one, 155 in UFC. Yeah, he got it. And all of a sudden, good fight at a lower weight class. That was a that was old, almost done Jens Pulver, too. There's oh, no, not anybody throwing a fight to make that, it a, you know, know, his two. was huge, one big. Arguably, arguably besides Dominic Cruz, obviously, the biggest two names that he won over as a champion were Jens Palmer and Jeff Curran. Cole Escovito. Dude, but again, this is when those divisions were still really, anybody. really, really new. But you can't name five names that were that excelled, that were superstars. Uh, in that division, just because there wasn't anybody, he took everybody that he got. He could. He got beat by Mike Brown twice. Uh, everybody has, you know. Their, yeah, their, one of those times he broke both of his hands in the fight and uh, continued on for care. Like He minutes. got knocked out in the first round, the first everybody, time they fought. Everybody has their kryptonite. Uh, you now, Mike Brown was it. Hall of Very Good. You know, but you look at look at the end of the Hall of Fame. I'll give him the Hall of Very Good. Um, what did what did. Uh, See what we got. There's a big nog. Boss, Hughes, Chuck. I mean, he's he's Ken Shamrock. I mean, he's in there. And the pioneers. You know, he's in there. Even in the modern. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think I think the pioneers at least was a UFC champion. Is a perfect spot for him to be because of, of of how he made people look at that division. That's I mean, a thing, lot of people, man, I mean, you have TJ and, and Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo, they're all coming up saying, you know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get the spotlight on this, on these divisions, who knows if we ever have a chance to. I don't, I don't disagree that he contributed a lot. I just, I hate how quickly everyone tosses around the word Hall of Famer because a guy was around for a long time. He never won a championship in the organization. He's, what, Owen. Oh, Four zero oh, and five in title fights in the UFC. Zero oh, and four. Okay. Um, Although that first one against Dominic Cruz was a lot closer. Like, it was a forty eight forty seven. It could have went either way. Is he only zero oh, and four fairness. in championship fights? I thought it was a fifth. I think he's zero oh, and four again. Zero oh, and four in championship fights. He, 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 he fought twice against Cruz and twice against uh, Burrell. Cruz. I guess I'm thinking of yeah. if you really want, you can go. Six. He lost his. Oh no! He lost his fucking Aldo. Yeah, as WC. UFC though. No, but okay. But even if you you want to throw in WEC around, he's zero three in his last championship fights in the WEC too. UFC owns. Yeah. Right. So that makes him zero and seven. This is when you started seeing like like when he started losing, you started seeing guys come up more. But I mean, I said of his last seven. Of his last seven. last seven, he had two two losses to Brown, a loss to uh, Aldo, two losses to Cruz, and two losses to uh, Brown. Yeah, he, he won his first I mean, six. He won his first six. He won his first six. I give him that. Look at it, like six uh, and he, seven. He finishes his career with ten losses, <laughs> thirteen title fights. Was to a guy who never had a belt. How many guys? And that's a pretty. That's a pretty good statistic. How many guys in that in that Hall of Fame has had? 13 title fights. That's insane. 
Holly. And remember too, remember too, UFC's Hall of Fame is not voted on by a committee of other Hall of Famers right. or talents. This is a Hall of Fame that the owners say, "I want you to be in it because you have a name." Remember that. This is kind of a I mean, can, can you Hall, of Hall of Fame. You even kind of argue in some ways. Well, uh, Hall of Fame credentials: Forrest Griffin, and Stephen Bonner. That's they fight. They got nominated to the Hall of Fame. Shh. Fight. fight like that's it like the only reason why they're in the hall of fame is because of a single fight that's right? fine well forrest got inducted as a fighter because he was a champion as well in the organization well, I mean, in the organization but okay champion doesn't matter a, a, a hall of famers because he was a champion that's not hall of fame material just, just being a champion but there's plenty there's plenty of specific fights that got nominated into oh, for sure. yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like this is what, like what we talked about on Saturday, having now, um, you know, the Hall of Fame. Then you have what, like the builders, the pioneers, and that's and fights, whatever it is. Setting up like that, I think it's better for the fans because you can actually see, uh, okay, you know, twenty years time, who's your right favorite? What did he do? And you can take a look back at a time when, you know, everyone wanted to see heavyweights and that kind of stuff. All of a sudden, came this 145-pound guy, and he slowly started to like, put uh, put asses in seats and make people watch these lower divisions. And because of him, people started going all around the world trying to find lighter weight weight classes. I don't didn't even have a successful title defense. I don't disagree that he was essential to getting the lighter weight classes going, but I mean, a lot more than this guy. at the same time, I mean, you could have that same argument for Jens Pulver. He's not in the fucking Hall of Fame. Jens Palmer was a, a was a very integral part of the fir- the, the original lightweights. Oh, I understand. I, I, I can definitely see who Jens. Jens Palmer getting in eventually. He was the he was a lightweight champion. He beat BJ because they've set it up for it. I'm just wondering what else he did in there. Not like, much because shortly after he. I didn't think he did much. Because the, they eliminated the division shortly after. It wasn't long, but yeah, he, he, he had a lot more fights in Pride. But, I mean, he, yeah, he won three. Early. He beat Kao Uno, which was a huge win at the time. Uh, Hallman and and, and uh, BJ. And but, then, I mean, talked about, but then they eliminated. After that was when they eliminated the, the division. He talked about Do, um, uh, Faber losing to. Uh, a young Dominic Cruz. Well, beating a do- young Dominic Cruz. Yeah, beating a do- young Dominic Cruz. Well, very young. Jens also beat a very young BJ Penn, too. Same argument. Mm. This is this is 14 years BJ, ago. BJ at, at that age was still a very accomplished so was yeah, Dominic person. That point, he was already one of the youngest not in the, not in the realm that BJ Penn was, though. At 24? Yeah, I think so. Dominic was amazing. Dominic wasn't even 24 year old Dominic. That was like twenty. No, if you like, if you go back and you watch that Dominic Cruz right here fight the first yeah, one, yeah. Cruz but BJ was a BJ was a world champion at fucking eighteen like years old. Now. One person at a time. I'm I'm just saying Hall of Very Good. I don't think I'm Hall of Very Good. I'm definitely I like I definitely agree with you in. It's going to be a controversial if he does win as a fighter, uh, and that's why I think like I said the other night. Pioneer, to me, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Considering the other um, guys that are in there, that, I definitely think that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think with the other guys that are already in there, he has more right to be in it than a couple of them. Um, I, 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 I could see him going in there, and I wouldn't have a problem with it. Although very good, but I digress. This fight, I digress. It was a good fight. 
That's a good fight. He went out with a victory. He did. He went out on top. Him and Dominic Cruz buried their that buried was their cool hatchet. Yeah, Dominic gave him a signed poster that wasn't signed on his face from their first <laughs> fight. It was just cool to see them uh, rectify and, and go off on a good note. Because yeah. they, they have never been friends, and they've been around both of them a long no. time and have done a lot and fought three well, they times. They had that whole Southern they California rivalry, right? They fought once in the WEC, twice in the UFC. Yeah, twice. They were here. supposed to fight like five different times. Didn't Dominic keep blowing on his knee or something? Excuse me, yeah. Yeah, that's how both fights with Baral happened. Uh, uh, regardless, yeah, man, right. you know what? We're, the, the dude is smart. It's like Ryan pointed out last week. The dude is, has invested his money very well. You know, he's he's got what they call fuck you money. He can tell anybody he wants to screw yeah. you and still be rich beyond belief. I'm going to go ahead and throw the bold prediction out now. He's not done. He'll be back. I guarantee. Fight again? Yeah, he fights TJ. Comes back to fight TJ for the big money. If TJ beats Cruz, he comes back and he fights TJ and he fights TJ for big money. I'll, I'll fucking you stamp this shit right now. You think they just throw a title shot to, to Faber? Yeah, because of the rivalry and the money they can fucking sell. Who Faber? Thirty-seven. And TJ too. Yeah, but the the rivalry. Oh yeah, I mean TJ and Cruz would is going to anyway, but. Uh, TJ TJ versus Uriah with the rivalry that they had and, and all that shit that never you know the fight never got settled. It's, yeah, it could. You, I don't know if they could. Thirty-seven. Yep. He's look. No one stays retired in, in MMA. We we know that nobody stays retired in MMA. Rock even came back. Chuck's only stayed retired because Dana wouldn't give him a fight anymore. Same, and, you know, guys don't stay retired. Randy Couture has only stayed retired because the UFC and him are still in court battles. And now right. he's 100 years old. I don't know. I, I think that Favor, I think, I think Favor's at that point now where he knows he doesn't have to. Oh, he knows he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have to. to. I don't think, I, I don't think that he sees, I, I, I gotta believe that he doesn't see himself winning the title. And so for him, if he's not going to be able to win the title, what's the point? I, that's where I think his mindset would be at. Dude, if you listen to him talk in the post fight, he he basically opens the door for his own return. I'm still relatively young. I'm injury free. Blah blah blah. Like he just kept reiterating that he's injury free and young. He's he's coming back. Man. Nobody what stays retired. He wants to go out that way too. You know what I mean? Nobody or stays retired. Back and hurt yourself or something. What he needed to do. Is not make that decision of retire to say oh, I need a couple years off, and then if he wants to decide to retire after that, do it. But you know, take a couple years off, decide if you want to be a trainer, decide if you want to be a surfer, decide if you want to sit in your ass and do nothing else. But I think he jumped. He might have jumped into that retirement too, too quickly and ill advised because if he's saying like Jeff says, look, man, I'm not injured. Look, I'm still young. Look, I can I can still do this. Yep. That means that, yeah, he made that he made that uh, retirement announcement months before he said anything else about being healthy and all that stuff, though. Yep. But that means and then he so that means, felt like he won that fight, and then he just dropped the bombshell that he's walking away. Like people knew going no. in that this was going to be a problem. Right. But that's why I'm saying these. The way he kept re- stating the, how, all these things that he just kept saying. Go back and watch. Look at the look in his face. It just tells me, and I'm not the only one, because there's plenty of people on Twitter saying this same goddamn thing. Diz said the same thing, Front Row Brian, uh, Luke Thomas even said it. 
Like, you go back and you listen to anybody that, that follows MMA, they all say favors. Nobody stays retired in MMA. Nobody. Misha will be back. Pfft. Misha will be back. She's too young and too talented to not be back. And but I know you also know to that to that point. Do you think that a lot of those people have to a lot of those people come out of retirement to fight again just because of the money issues? Some they, some they, come they out because of boredom to work. I think that a lot of them do it for the money. Why not? Um, they're not if they're not going to come out to run for a championship, then they're probably going to come out for the money. Uh, and why not? Why not? What? What? There's. I mean, there's I mean, nothing wrong with that. Where, where MMA is, it's not like you people are signing million dollar contracts for the most part. I think a lot of these fighters that are that retired and then came back was because they didn't have another source of income coming in. They needed to figure something out. It might be a fact too that remember, even um, ten years ago, let's say, um, the money has improved a lot. I, I think it was. Yeah. I, it was uh, the predator that said. That he wishes he made a fraction of what some of these younger guys were making when oh, he was fighting, yeah, man. because they were fighting for like a thousand dollars, you know, on a co-main event type level or something. There's a reason why Severin's still you know, fighting. They they were getting a grand yeah. instead of you Shamrock, know, uh, like thirty grand to do a lower card, you know. So a lot of it, yeah, absolutely has to do with the money, absolutely. I think a lot of them do it just for that, too. The, I mean, come out of retirement to fight one more time just to get that little padding, that little extra payday, that little extra savings account, you yeah. know, just to have something to fall back on because there's no pension, insurance, retirement fund. If you're a fighter, you're a fighter. And if you're not, you're not. Yep. All right, let's, let's, let's plow let's, through the rest of this uh, card. Finish this one up here and remove. We're already an hour deep. Yeah, we're, that's what I was saying. We're Let's finish up this main card and kick in the next one. Uh, in the first fight of the main event, Alan Joban defeated bigot ass Mike Perry. It's always nice when you have a Versace model fighting a racist on a UFC card. I love how so many people from uh, Michigan want me to like Mike Perry because he's from Michigan. That's such a ridiculous. I love- I love those reasons. <laughs> how how can you? I'll never understand that. It's just because this fighter fights from this state. I have to like him. I think Mike Perry's a dick. He's a thug piece of shit. I think he's a he's a racist. I think he's a dick. I think he's a child. He's, he's an immature prick. He's still going through shit for burglary, son. Yeah, that's what, that's what to say. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of uh, a not, lot of legal issues going on. Burglary charges. Right he's a fucking bigot. I for- is his corner a racist? Yeah. I forgot all about that whole thing till like, Ryan and what was till it, that Ken. Can't well, see something. Yeah, and he was Asian fighting the Asian fighter? guy last yeah. uh, two of two. <sighs> and they were like, he can't see you anyway. They called him a slant eye or some shit like oh that. Oh, my God. Just some fucking oh. horrible shit. No place he's from Michigan, so you guys like yeah. him, right? Is that where we're getting at him? That's what it has to be. I went, off have on, to like him. I went off on Flow Combat, man, because they've been putting a lot of like these articles up about Mike Perry. Our book, uh, yeah, about Perry since the fight, and I caught wind of it from somebody else that I followed, and I tweet, I tweeted at Flow Combat several times to, to how disgusted I think it is that they're pushing this guy. Well, and you know what's funny is, is everyone keeps on talking of like going into this fight. Everyone was like, saying like, well, you know, like, you know, Chauvin should be very careful because Perry has knockout power. That's, that's all anyone talked about. They they're talking about oh, you know. Joe Ben's doing his modeling career, but Mike Perry has knockout power. 
there was no no talking about Joe Ben's abilities and the fact that Mike Perry's a you know a burglar racist. There was none, none talking about that. No. God forbid anything that was ever mentioned. Alan Joe Ben does not go power. Joe Ben gets slept on because he's a model, but the dude can fight. Yeah. He can fight. He's a very talented fighter. And, he, and he's he's a, he's fun to watch too. Yeah. Scott. He's got good wins. I mean, I see where he's at right now. I mean, they have him. Uh, he's still an unranked fighter. He's unranked because he lost. Oh, he's coming back off that but, loss to Tumanov. But two I mean, losses in no, the UFC. Well, he, no, he, he, didn't he win back in July? No, I'm, I'm saying that's why he dropped so far though because yeah. of that oh, loss sorry, to Tumanov sorry, back sorry. in 2000. No, you're good. I didn't. I didn't really. But, I didn't really spe- like, speak it very well. But I mean, his his wins since beat, losing to Tumanov haven't been against anybody. Exactly. That's anybody really great. Brandon O'Reilly. Yeah. Bilal Muhammad, I mean, the Muhammad fight got him fight of the night, but he, he needs to get tested, and he asked for a big name, you know. Well, and that's the thing, Mike Perry, you know, personal matters aside, he is a name, like, he is at least a name that would get Joe Ben a little bit, like, he, he's going to be noticed now, because people, you know, they might not know a lot about Mike Perry's personal issues, No, but they know his name. Yeah. Had he not, will help him out. He would not have been on the first fight of the main card, Joe Ban, if he wasn't fighting Mike Perry. No. No, God, no, I no. He would that, have been prelims for sure. They would have had Cole Miller fighting or Mizugaki's fight at uh, opening the card. Uh, definitely, yeah, even pass three. Um, but I think that um, I think that a lot of people were looking at, yeah, Mike Perry does have knockout power. Hey, he's knocked out everybody he's fought. But... Um, there's no, I mean, that's that's all fine and good. You can be that guy when you're fighting the kind of competition that he's fighting. Once you start getting up into that upper echelon, you start fighting guys that are more well-rounded, he's going to get taken down, he's going to get abused on the ground, he's going to get thrown around, he's going to get choked out. You can't yeah. keep, you can't, <coughs> you can't fight those kind of guys continuously and expect to knock them out when they're dodging you and throwing you around. Right. You can't. He's just going to get taken down and, and and abused. And, you know, Alan Joban did that. Took him down a couple of times, rode him for a minute or so, just mauled him, yep. outstruck him because of it, um, and, and dominated him. Yep. I mean, plain and simple. And if that's going to happen with a challenger like Joban, wait till he starts getting up up and even higher to, you know, legit brown belts and early black belts yeah. and jiu-jitsu and He's just gonna get taken. It's, it's, there's gonna be no platinum. He's just gonna get beaten. Yeah, he's he's gonna fall away, and it's gonna be fine. Um, we don't really need to touch on any of them, but we'll just I'll just kind of go through some quick fights of, of note. Uh, that Craig and De Silva fight was pretty interesting. Um, Cole Miller looked like absolute shit. Yeah, uh, I'm sad to see. I mean, Hiroto's a dangerous dude, but yeah. Cole Miller Cole Miller just did not want to be there. You could see it. In well, game. after that uh, that video there that you would uh, send us a few weeks back, sixteen weeks I in had, camp. I had very low hopes for for Cole Miller. I did too. Having a future. Sixteen weeks in but fight camp, man. Look Hirota uh, outstruck him by one hundred and forty yeah. shots and took him down six times to nothing. Yep. That's it. Nine, ten and minutes of control. Cole showed zero jujitsu skills at all. Fucking forget it, man. He uh, abused him. Colby Covington picked up a good win over Brian Barbarena. Um, good win for Covington. He needed to get back on the winning track after the last fight he had where he got beat. Uh, shit, I can't remember who it was. 
top of my head because I don't have the fucking encyclopedia like Ryan. Ryan, who did Colby Covington lose to? Quick. Was that Morley Alves? <laughs> You're ridiculous. You, you motherfucker. What's wrong with you, dude? Um, I'm, I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah, you were 100 percent right. You're totally right, dude. That's why I called you a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, you were totally right. Damn. Uh, wow. First fight of the FS1 prelims was uh, uh, Jessica, or not Jessica Smith. Um, Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith and Irene Aldana. Uh, one fight of the night. It was a really good fight. Really good fight. These ladies. Insane output. Look at that. She threw 400 strikes. Leslie yeah. Smith did. And Aldana threw 256. You know, that, wow. Aldana making her UFC debut coming out of the street, the same camp as uh, Alexa Grasso. Mm, So Yeah, I do too. We can expect good things out of her. That was a good one for Leslie Smith, uh, training out there with the 209 crew. Uh, He had had Gil and his wife in her corner. The surprise of the night fight for me was this one, uh, the the headlining uh, fight pass prelim where Eddie Weiland knocked out Takeo Mitsugaki early. Quick. In the first yeah, round, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it takes quite a bit away from the uh, Mitsugaki has not been the same. Let's say since uh, Dominic Cruz double knee knocked him out. That's his third loss in a row, I believe. Is, Second, he well, did beat Roop. Okay, yeah. So he yeah, beat but he's lost four, four out of five. His last good win was against uh, Francisco Rivera back in 2014. Round one knockout. Round one knockout. Round one knockout. Round three sub. Round three sub. So. He's been getting his ass kicked. Yeah. Takes a little bit away from that little shine off of that Cody Garbrandt win for him to get beat by Eddie Wyland. But good win for Eddie Wyland to get back on the winning streak yeah. as well and, and still staying relevant. Here's an old school guy from the WEC. Um, other than that... So overall, uh, like, Cody Garbrandt, Chris, he almost had the, uh, him and Dominic Cruz had the performance of the night. Yeah, we can talk about that at, here in a second. Yeah. Um, overall card, I give it a solid B+. Oh, I would say it's straight think. B. Yeah, 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 definitely a straight B. Yeah, I, yeah, I went like a, I went a plus, plus a low A minus, just because I think that mm-hmm. there was a some surprises in the card, and it was a pretty solid card overall. Very good. Yep. Very good. So, I, yeah. I had a great night watching them. I mean, I had a lot of fun. So since before we get into the news, um, no, we're gonna say that for next week. Isn't that? That's next Friday. We we'll, we'll touch on That's that. That's next Friday. Yeah. We're done with that. Yeah, that's what I said. We, we, we can say that for next week. Um, yeah, let's talk about that Cody Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz interview real quick. Uh, yeah, Cody Garbrandt made himself look like a complete idiot. Complete oh, yeah. idiot. Uh, Dominic Cruz is absolutely 100% in his head. That's so bad. So bad. There was... There was Garbrandt, Garbrandt was like a child having a temper tantrum... And Cruz was just sitting back there, relaxed, like, yeah, how, how's, how's this? How's your concussion, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah how you feeling now, buddy? I mean, it was bad. Analogy. Because um, Dominic Cruz kind of reminded me of, uh, as a parent. Yeah. You know, he's swearing, he's yelling, he's willing. Dominic Cruz is sitting there saying, okay, I see how I let you talk like a man. Now it's my turn, and you can be a man to respect me. Yep. Uh, and line, the second Cruz opens up his mouth, it's beep, 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 beep. Like, just yeah. again, the Garbrandt, like, he, he like, uh, like Jeff said, he's in, he's in Garbrandt's head. Definitely. Line of the night, said by Dominic Cruz, I bought my house with wins over your team. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That I was, that, that was one. a mic drop, brother. That was, <laughs> that was great. Owned it. Yeah. 
Oh, what no. else can he say after that? I mean, Dominic obviously didn't have to say anything after that. But what the hell could Garbrandt say after that? Like, uh, Somebody, you're uh, right. You know, after after he mentioned the concussion thing, uh, Garbrandt's reaction I, to me that was the most telling part of the whole interview. Yeah. Did you guys hear the unedited version? Yeah, I sent that. I sent that to you guys in the group. You sent it. Yeah, okay, I, I put it in the group. Okay, I, I forgot to post it to the show, but I didn't remember who sent it to me. But that was that was gold. Yeah, that, I sent that to you guys. I found it on Twitter and and sent it. Um, there was a really funny picture somebody posted because uh, Dominic Cruz made reference to Cody Garbrandt looking like Pee Wee Herman in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I love Cruz and somebody took Cody Garbrandt's face and put it on a picture of Pee Wee <laughs> because of course they did oh, oh I gotta see that because it's the internet and the internet is awesome yeah I love Twitter it's so beautiful it just makes me laugh I'm excited to see this fight and we're gonna break this down and excuse me preview this obviously next week yep. when, uh, when we do the uh, when we do the, the card and um, just uh, just to reiterate, because I told everyone last week, but just to let you know that um, on the 30th, I'm going to be traveling to Dale's house. Scott and I, we're going to do a little, probably half an hour, mm-hmm. little interview deal with Scott, a little interview with, with Dale. We're going to talk a little bit of MMA, old school, little MMA, recent, and maybe touch on the card a little bit, I think. And we might even record ourselves during one of the fights. So just the first time that we've had the chance to... Uh, go outside our confines here, the Yellow Dungeon, and, and interview some some fans of the show because they are fans of the show. Yeah. The very moment that they downloaded it, they have been constantly on top of downloading it every week and commenting every week, and you know they they absolutely just they're fans of the show and, and they're they're friends. Yep. So that's gonna be exciting. Yeah. Man. I'm really excited to do this. It'll be fun. I hope it opens up uh, a chance for the other guys that listen to us too, like. Uh, some some other friends, you know, Joey said. Yeah, so we've offered, we've, we've yeah. thrown the, that out to Joey. Yeah, um, Joey messaged me and said after the first of the year he wants to come in and do a thing. So I mean, it's 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 just it's just another avenue for us to open up to. You know, you're gonna have to come watch fight with us soon. Oh, I do, I do, absolutely. Yeah, that needs to happen. Yeah, we have to bring. This is now yep. the portable station. Yep, we bring the portable station. Yeah. I got I got my boys that that I watch the fights with. My, uh, my crew of guys, and then we have the ever-changing, you know, one or two person that just kind of comes in for a fight here or there, but... And just, just, uh, just for a couple minutes here, I just want you guys to know we've been doing this show for a year, and I've never went over to Jeff's to watch a fight. The first time we watched a fight together was like a couple weeks back when we did the companion. Yeah, and I think we watched you, a fight at Everett's before yeah, together, yeah, yeah. maybe. But, but that's before we started. Before the show, yeah, 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 yeah. But, and I'll tell you why, and it's because when, you know, I always watched the fight at Everett's, and when, you know, after he left the show, he messaged me, and he was he was so worried. He's like, you're, you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna watch me anymore. You're gonna go watch Jeff all the time. And I assured him, I said, I promise you, I will keep watching with you, and I held true yeah. my word for a year. I always, you know, that's the only reason why. Oh, I know. You know, I, I assured him that he didn't have to worry about that, and I stick to my word. Yep, and, you're a man of your that. word, and I respect yeah. that. We just got to get um, you. We got to get you over. But not. But it's been a year now. I'm allowed to miss one. You know, yeah. I, I can miss one or two here and there with uh, Everett. Sorry, brother, but I'm gonna do it. You know, because uh, I got to get over there and watch a couple. We got to record some over there too, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I mean we'll do an, we'll do another full pay per view, you know, eventually where we do a fight companion or 
We gotta we gotta come up with a name for the show too because we can't steal the fight companion. No, that's, that's no. Joe's. That's Joe Rogan's. Um, it could be fight cast. The fight cast, fight night uh, with the Joes. Well, I mean, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Like fight night with the Joes. I think that's a fun one. That's fun. <laughs> there we go. It's, we it's can use seven. that. I can even edit the last one to make it look like that. <laughs> so but yeah, we definitely, we definitely will be doing some more. We actually were discussing before the show um, on one of the upcoming fight nights in January of, of doing another fight night uh, show. With this time, Ryan will be able to be a part of it. Um, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, once, the, yeah. once December's done, I'll have a lot more free time. So then we'll have a lot more changes for the show that you'll have to keep yeah. tuning in to yep. pay attention to. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll be talking about that some more. Uh, maybe we'll get into it a little more next week. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. We, I mean, can, we can. We can do an unboxing next yeah, week. Yeah. 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 It'll be unboxing day. Let's get into let's get into some news because there's some pretty big shit that happened today. Um. For those of you that have been under a rock and not near any social media news stories, uh, Chris Cyborg was informed today. Or actually, Ryan told us because I wasn't paying attention. She was uh, she's been hit with a um, doping violation. Um, potential. Potential. Well, no, she has been she has been flagged. They have been yeah, for and, potential violation. Well, they decided to look into the whole thing. But she has. You're right. It is a potential. It's not. Is it potential anymore since they've named the substance she tested positive for? Can we really say potential? I mean, she's admitted that she was taking the substance that she's been tested positive for. USADA has confirmed that that was the substance that she was tested positive for. Um, whether or not they sort it out. And she's allowed to do it or whatever. You know, you're right. It is potential, but I say at the point where both parties confirm it, no, yeah, no longer true, really fair potential enough. to me. Um, it was not an anabolic uh, anabolic steroid, but she did test positive for a diuretic, uh, saying that um, it's something her doctor has put her on in helping her with this. Uh, it was spiro. Spironolactone or spironolactone or some shit. Uh, Dave and I had to look up what it is, and it is actually a diuretic that's supposed to help. Um, potassium potassium saving diuretic. Sa- it's a potassium yeah. saving. It basically saves your kidneys when you're trying right. to cut out water weight. Um, going through those kind of things is absolute potassium. That's why there's a lot of bananas and other stuff eaten after a cut like that. But this one is specifically designed to keep the potassium in your body and in your, you know, uh, not just dump it out with the rest of the stuff. Which is a big no-no. Big no-no. Big no-no. So she's claiming therapeutic use. Um, fun little note that I actually saw while we were on the... I've been just kind of looking through Twitter for any news while we're um, while we're in the middle of this. And somebody uh, posted that Chris Cyborg's testing in 2016. All previous tests, which she said, I've been tested, blah, 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 blah. All in camp. This is her first random of the year. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. She was, see, that was, that's what it got me when I first saw it that she tested positive yeah. from December fifth or fourth, so with that, that's the one that got me because that's when you know know that's out of camp. So yeah. if you're taking something when you're outside of camp. To me, that's where it becomes a here's the biggest her, issue. Here's her testing dates: uh, beginning April thirteenth, two samples; May eleventh, two samples; May fourteenth uh, versus Smith, one sample. September 1st, two samples. September 22nd, one sample. September 24th versus her fight versus Landsberg, one sample. December 5th, out of camp, out of competition, dose. Busted. Now, I wonder if they send 
when they when they go in and she has to take a drop, I wonder if they send a chick or a dude to look at her penis. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know. <laughs> Curious. Um. Yeah. Yeah, have to go there, right, Dave? I, I, you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, we try to keep this family friendly, but I'm, no, you gotta bring I'm it out. Sorry. I didn't get to talk about this last week, and I think Ryan, you brought it, did actually bring it up, but I got raked over the coals last week on Twitter for uh, calling her a crybaby. Yeah. And right, yeah. And yeah, that was right. All I said was, I don't feel sorry for you when you turn down fights. Yeah. And I got wow. ripped, dude. Ripped apart. Ripped apart by people. Some lady come at me <laughs> and tried to talk shit to me and tell me I don't know anything about weight cutting. <clears throat> to which I replied to her, man, I wrestled. By the looks of you, you haven't lost any weight either. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah, but it looks at you and don't look like you know shit about weight cutting. <laughs> I, and all I kept reiterating was, I don't feel sorry for you when you've been bitching and crying yeah. for your own weight class, and you get your own weight class, and then you turn down fights. Yeah, I, Nope. Nope. Oh, well, they could have waited for her. I'm sorry. Time and time and opportunity wait for no man nope. or woman with a penis. If they walk in and say, you get this fight in here, you say, thank you very much. I'm there. Yep. You don't say no. Especially you say no again. No. That's ridiculous. You can't turn down. Dana said it was three fights. Three fights, right. Down. Yeah. And I, the they didn't even talk about the third fight. I don't right. even know what the third fight they offered. Or she just straight when said last no. I heard it was two, and Dana, Dana said it was three. I'm just waiting for the spin of how this is going to come out, and they're gonna. she's going to put it on the UFC. Yeah, it's, it's their, their fault. fault. Yeah. Never her fault. She's a victim. Always. She's this. She's yeah. that. She always uh, plays the fucking victim. They, how dare they uh, test her when she's at a when, when she's at a camp? That's that's unbelievable. You can't do that. That's unfair. Oh, I can't. I, I should it. be I should be alerted three weeks ahead of time when I'm being tested. For someone as powerful and strong and dominating and whatever on top of the of the world that she is, she she plays that. Fucking victim card, and she plays that poor me card, and I just want to slap the shit out of her, but now I know she'll beat my ass. I, I, it's, it's really hard to take her BS, man. Yeah. Really hard to take yeah, her BS. Yeah, it really is. So well, we're going to see what happens. We heard with Dana White from earlier today, it's, it is kind of funny that she gets tested on the 5th, and then they, a week and a half later, she's turning down all these fights, and then the news comes out today. It's almost like she is expecting to get busted for something, right. and that's why she didn't want to commit to any fights. Yeah, that's what that's what Dana was saying. We listened to that because TMZ caught up with him thirty minutes conveniently after Cyborg tested positive. Yeah. So it happened to be outside TMZ studios, walking down the street. Well, by her statement alone, you can see she's already blaming. The reason she had to take this is because weight cutting is too extreme. Yeah, her doctor you know, put her on it to help um, her recover it's, from it's it. It's the UFC's fault because they make her cut all that weight and, and, and you know, ugh. Yeah, it's, it's always somebody, ridiculous. somebody they else. They can't take it. Yeah, they're making her fight at 140, so then they come up with a 145 division, so it's actually a little bit easier for her, and then she then she pops. Yep. I'm over her, man. Yep. Yeah, I'm over her man. BS. She's probably got... if If... This does somehow go away. She probably has, I think, probably one last fight in the UFC, and I can't see them wanting to stick around with her much longer. I hope she gets a year, uh, just because I'm sick of her shit. I hope she gets. I mean, I hope she doesn't find a way to 
wriggle her way out of this one and, you know, blame others. Right. And have other, you know, I hope she doesn't find a way out of it. I hope she gets punished and I hope, you know, um, I hope it sticks and I hope it's, you know, at least six months. Yeah. I'm hoping to get a, get a year out of that. At so. least. She's looking at a maximum year. So in our, uh, in our other news story of the day, um, speaking of our first ever fight night with the Joes, we were fight nighting for UFC 206 where we had a... Not necessary interim title fight for the 145-pound featherweight championship. All with the hopes and prayers of uh, a unification bout at UFC 208. Yeah. Wah, wah. Guess what's not happening? Power. We're not getting a unification bout at UFC 208 because Max Holloway suffered an ankle injury. Uh, pretty much the same injury that he had um, in the first round of his fight with Conor McGregor. Um, he's not allowed to train or have any impact for six weeks, so Max would not be able to be ready for um, a fight in February. Uh, just would be coming, maybe would have two weeks worth of camp to get ready. And for not the enough. biggest for the biggest fight of your yeah, life, no. Not enough, definitely not enough. Um, Max didn't know about the fight date when he you know, was calling out Jose Aldo and all that until Dana told him in the cage that it was going to be February at UFC 208 in Brooklyn. Um, and didn't really get his injury, wasn't felt until after the evening was over. So, um, it just is all a giant mess. All this stupid, he calls him out, calls him out, tells him he's scared, all this shit, and then you're injured and you can't fight. So, what's the goddamn point? What was the goddamn point of stripping Conor McGregor? By the time <laughs> he comes know. back, you're still going to have two fucking interim title. I don't even consider Jose Aldo the, the champion. I'm sorry, I don't. You are still the interim champion. He's still an interim champion. Nope, I refuse to. Yep. We have two interim champions. So we got two interim champions. Meanwhile, the real champion will be back by the time we unify the fucking belt. And Before. now, and yeah. now right. Jose Aldo is talking about how he's going to go up to 155 and fight for the interim title there. He wants to collect interim titles. That's all it is. Here we go. This is my everybody well, gets a belt. He was answering. He wants to be the first man. He wants Conor McGregor became the first man to hold two titles simultaneously, and Jose wants to be the first man to hold two interim titles simultaneously. Oh. That's so ridiculous. You get a belt, and you get a belt, and you get a belt. If it shuts you up, you can have a belt too. This whole court's out of order. Welcome to the UFC, where champions sitting there, and he can't find a damn opponent. Welcome to the set up all these interim title fights like no problem. Welcome to the UFC where the champions don't exist and the belts don't really matter. It's like whose line is it anyway? It, that's exactly yeah. what I was going for. <laughs> it was Drew Carey's intro to whose line is it anyway? Lights don't matter and screw all you guys. Yep. Well, the things are made up. Yeah, where the champions are made up and the belts don't really matter. I'm bummed for Max because Max was going to be a champion, a full. He was going to beat Aldo. He was going to have that unification. He was going to be well, the guy on top. What, what happens now if if Jose does jump up to 155? Are they, they going to sit and tell Max, okay, much like we did with Jose, yeah. congratulations, and now you are yep. the undisputed champion? That's exactly what will happen. They're just going to start prom- just promoting all the interim champions, too. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. Because right now, Jose, like, Jose Aldo's the world champ, and, and uh, Max Holloway's the intercontinental champion, right? So... If, yeah, you know, there you go. That's you know, a good way of putting it. I, that's what I'm. I'm done calling them interim champions. They're now intercontinental champions. Screw this. I've had enough of their crap. So yeah, if Josie Aldo moves up and decides to do that, then you know they better strip his belt like they did with Connor. Yep. If they don't, no, yeah, that's don't, BS. Don't even give him a chance to get two belts at the same time. Don't bother with it. 
you know. So then, obviously, Max being the current interim champion, he'll have to be declared the full undisputed champ. And then if his ankle still hurt, they're going to have to have an interim title shot between Frankie Edgar and someone else. Well, now, now what do they do, though? Does he become the undisputed interim champion? I have no fucking clue, dude. It's like, such are going to start that one up, too? It's a cluster. It really is. It's a mess. There's going to be... There's going to be... 12 or whatever uh, fighting divisions between men and women, there's going to be 16 to 17 champions. It's a mess. And this is something that goes back, I think we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago. Uh, You know, Dana White, this is all, Dana White just refused to give up. He just wanted to keep on milking Connor, and he took Connor to the featherweight division and started lining up these welterweight fights and lightweight fights. Like Dana White created this problem on his own. Oh yeah, and they, as, long, as as long as he's trying to make as much money and not worry about good fights and good matchups, we're just going to keep on keep on getting these these nonsense things. Well, it's not. I mean, Connor, no, it's not all on Dana. Connor wins the belt in December, and he gets stripped. He doesn't defend it. And sure, he did have other fights. DC fought in was it October. And he's not going to be fighting until at the earliest, was it March, March or April? Yeah, it's going to be like 18 months. But they're not going to set up an interim light heavyweight title fight. Why? Because because he Rumble wouldn't take it. Set one up. Rumble yeah. wouldn't take it. Rumble said no. Rumble wouldn't take it because of how much shit him and DC talked about the interim title belt when John had it and all this other shit and how he, much. He decided to wait it up. Yeah, he said so he would rather have it DC. up. He doesn't want a fake championship belt. Because so DC doesn't even really have the legitimate championship. Vader, well, you can, Dana White doesn't need to have Rumble Johnson fight in an interim title fight. We gotta stop throwing Dana out to. there. It's not Dana. No, it's it's what's his nuts. Joe Shul, Joe, I mean, Dana's the figurehead, but he doesn't have as much control as he used to anymore. It's Sean Shelby right. and Joe Sean, Silva yeah. and whoever they got it's bringing the in. It's the new cat. Who's that new dude? I don't remember who's their new matchmaker. Joe, Sean, Joe Silva's gone now, or is he still there? He's still there, but he's done after this year. After, okay, the, so, after the first okay. year, I think. Um, I know Sean Shelby handles... Oh, Nick Maynard. Um, okay, Nick Maynard, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know when Silva's officially done. Uh, I want to say... Should we replace him? Sean, yeah, Sean Shelby will get... I thought, he, I, thought he was already, I thought he was done earlier this year for some reason. No, Joe's still there because there's that great there's that great video of him if you watch trying to get in between uh, Francis Ngano and uh, the guy that he just beat for Albany at the way oh, the one from last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. Last week. Two weeks ago, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Joe, this will probably be Joe's last event, I think, is UFC 207. Okay. Yeah. And then Sean Shelby, who had handled the lower weight classes, is being promoted up. And Dana gets all the communications together, but when it comes down to the making the fights, that's why there's matchmakers. Mm-hmm. Now these guys are the ones that put it together. So. Well, and there's a whole new management team too. You know, now that WMI. Dana doesn't have been, the stroke he used yeah. to have. That's man. why he had to fire you his know. friends. We never even really touched on uh, Chuck? Uh, Chuck and uh, and, and uh, Matt getting fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't need to open that. I don't care. It saves they a lot lost of female 30K fighters. A month. Yeah, it saved a lot of female fighters from having to be sexually harassed by Matt Hughes. Um, <laughs> so we talked about the whole with Jose Aldo talking about moving up. Um, he claims he's got an interim title fight. Uh, said that he wouldn't name the opponent, but then dropped the hint that the guy's dad said it wasn't a good fight. So we know that's Habib. Mm-hmm. Um, Habib came back and said, "I don't." 
I'm not a bully. I don't fight little guys. <laughs> I love that line. That was great. I love that line. That's a great but line. The, yeah. But the, the thing is, so you, we've, I've been clamoring, not even for the interim title. I don't give a shit. But I just want Tony and Habib to fight. They need to fight. And the fight's yeah. been offered yeah, to both of them. Yeah, that I want to see. And yeah. Tony won't agree to it because Tony wants more money. Yeah. He wants to get paid. And rightfully so with the, with the streak that he's been going on. He doesn't need a, you know, they don't need to. Maybe, be, but man, what what kind of money is he asking for? You know, Nate Diaz just said he ain't fighting for less than 20 mil. I'm sorry, Nate Diaz, but you ain't worth 20 fucking he's mil. He's not worth the million he made but you know to what's play Conor last time. With WME now being, owner, uh, being the owners, their whole world is entertainment. So they can set up this like cartoon world of MMA, and they can... They can get a lot more money from the entertainment part than as opposed to the fight part. Yeah, but and, they have I mean, to sell it. It's not going to happen. But Nate Diaz is probably going to be seeing a fight for probably you know eight nine million dollars. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a huge bump in just in, in his show fight his show money. But we got to remember that they have to set up fights that are going to make them money because their first quarter return on that loan that uh, Sachs Goldman gave them or Gat Goldman Sachs, however the fuck it's pronounced. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. is quite substantially huge. And um, they're not exactly sitting in the position. I mean, that's part of the reason why they skipped Cyborg, because they needed to put that title fight on 208. Yeah. And even now they're saying that it may not be the headliner. They're, they're potentially, um, there could be another fight that their area was saying earlier, that 208 isn't, isn't, that the main event isn't set in stone to be uh, Holly Holm and um, what's her face? Jermaine. Jermaine. Uh, yeah. Well, I, but, like, I didn't think I didn't even know that that one was going to even be a main event because that was just like a, the breaking that the fight was going to happen. It that was. Thing. It was basically. Uh, it was the. Uh, it was just that that was the fight that was going to be the main event because of the title fight. I'm trying to find the. Uh, into what what he said here, Ariel. But uh, what Ariel said about what the two hundred eight not being. Oh. oh yeah, here you go. According to UFC officials, uh, they are still finalizing the two hundred eight card, and the headliner isn't quote official as of yet. It's still. I mean, it still could be the headliner. He's not saying it's not. He's just saying it's not official. If there's no other title fights that are lined up for that card, obviously it's going to. I mean, not obviously, but it's probably going to be moved up in that spot. It could, it could be, you know. Oh, there's only only a couple of titles you could throw in there. Uh, they they could still be trying to get Woodley and Wonderboy rematch set up, which is the fight I want to see more. Which would obviously make sense to put that in the main event spot and uh, oh, absolutely. and home in the cold. But we'll see what happens with there. I guess I'd like to know how much they they offer Tony compared to how much he's made in the past. Uh, I mean, I'm sure everybody, uh, obviously everybody wants more money. Um, it's just a matter of if he's asking for a ridiculous amount. Probably. Or, um, you know. Well, that's, I mean, uh, but what ends up being ridiculous, like, like, what, like, what, like, if he's fighting for, say, 30 and 30 or something like that, if he wants a bump up to, you know, 250, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It all depends on the spot that they're going to have in the card, if they're selling it, if they're, you know, if it's a pay-per-view or not. I mean, just a, a lot of it. Two fifty is a giant jump, man. Yeah, I, I mean, think, sixty I, and sixty, well, maybe. But what's he? What's he at right now? I mean, I don't know. I don't remember. But if we, it, 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 but I'm just using your analogy. If we're going from thirty and thirty to to 
250. What the fuck have you sold? You've headlined one fight card. One. No, well, I mean, and that's fair enough. But I mean, at the same time, you're, you know, you, you see a lot of these younger kids coming up and they fight and they're getting paid better than, the, you know, eight, nine year tenured vets. Well, yeah, I mean, Sage made, Sage made 60 and 60, I think it was, off of Saturday night. Um, well, he would have made 60. He didn't win. You know, 60 to show, 60 to win. Sage would have only made 60. That, that the way. reports were coming out that he made 60 and 60, well, whatever the fuck you, that made. Yeah, you can't be 60 and 60 if you lose. And that would have been his potential, what his potential could have been, but he'd only made half that because he lost. I don't know, because that's what they reported, the same thing they reported that on Page. That might have been his agreed upon amount. Yeah, because Page, but, Page know, was 45 and 45. That's probably her agreed upon amount, but she, don't, she doesn't get the win. Obviously, if she doesn't win, she doesn't get the win money. I mean, it doesn't. none, none of the reports specified that those were win bonuses. Those were just the the payouts for UFC 2. That's what it means when they split them like I, that. I know that, but that's. I'm just saying what... That's what everybody was reporting. I would have just reported it that they won fifteen, made fifteen, but that's um, that's what the reports say. Where so I think uh, what you're going to see too. There's going to be a lot of fighters um, demanding more money because what they're going to be looking at is the fact that WME paid so much to get the UFC. That there isn't a thing that there's me able to throw money to everyone and anyone possible. That's like when Connor opened it up and said, you know, you guys spent this much. Nobody's talked to me about equity and this. I want more of this and I want more of that. I mean, he's opened it. Everyone else is kind of looking and saying, hey, no, wait a minute. Maybe I want some of that too. You know, maybe yeah, I, maybe yeah, I, yeah. you know, maybe I've earned a little bit more money. So you know, it's gonna get thrown around a lot by a lot of guys, especially ones that who really feel like they've. They've proved themselves a lot, and they've been slighted. You know, maybe they haven't made exactly what they need, and you know, we'll we'll see what happens. The worst thing that they can do, though, is is to continue to turn down too many fights because of the money. At some point, you have to find a breaking line, and you have to get back out there and do your job in order to to make exactly, something. Yeah. You know, you can't it can't you can't cost yourself your career because you're squabbling over. Uh, money when you're when at the end of the day if you're not getting out there fighting neither one of you are making anything so uh, official official payouts Northcutt got paid sixty thousand Mickey Gall got forty thousand Michelle Watterson got thirty thousand including a fifteen thousand dollar win bonus Paige yeah. Paige got forty three thousand in a loss Mickey got forty including a twenty thousand dollar win bonus so he got twenty and twenty Fabe. Faber got three hundred and twenty, including his one sixty. Pickett got forty. Joban was uh, fifty four with uh, the twenty seven thousand dollar win bonus. Perry got twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. Paul Craig got two twenty thousand, so he was a ten and ten. Meanwhile, Silva, the guy he beats, gets fourteen thousand. I love seeing those numbers. Hirota uh, got thirty thousand, thirty four thousand. Cole Miller got thirty three. Kobe Covington got fifty four. Uh, Barbarina got twenty. Uh, Alex Moreno was thirty thousand. Mutasri got sixteen thousand. Emmett was twenty-eight thousand. Holtzman got seventeen. Leslie Smith was fifty thousand. Eldana only pulled in twelve. Eddie Wyland got fifty-eight thousand, including including a twenty-nine thousand dollar bonus. And the guy he beat got thirty-nine thousand, um, and then the rest of them doesn't matter. But yeah, I like that uh, that 
Faber got a, a nice pa- a nice send off package. Yeah, you know, I mean, clearly in that position of the card and the kind of card it was, that was that was a lot of money for you know a non pay per view payday. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and and that little special check that that Dana White handed him. In the locker room afterwards was probably a nice chunk of change too. Oh, absolutely! He got he went home with a nice package that night, something that uh, uh, he could really retire on, and uh, good on him. Yeah, he he went out he went out great. Went oh, out the hell of a package! Hell of a package to take him out. Uh, is that right? Do one more. Want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Uh, it came out the other day that uh, Cain Velasquez admitted to using marijuana. Uh, prior for his back injury, um, prior to UFC 207, his upcoming 207 bout. Uh, let's see, he's got back surgery scared, uh, scheduled for January 4th. Used medical marijuana to dull pain in camp, according to Brett Akimoto. Uh, they also came out today and said that um, win or lose, despite the, the victory or loss. Uh, that Kane has, he will not use the back as, as an, an excuse, excuse yeah. at all. He said it's it's good enough to go, it's good enough to win, it's good enough to lose. The surgery doesn't have anything to do with the outcome. So they're already putting that out there so that there was the just in case people were going to be like, oh, well, if he's having surgery, you know, he's obviously going to lose and use that as an excuse. They, uh, uh, Jeff, you would probably know better. Then, well, you know better than myself. I don't know if you know better than Dave or not. But to the medical marijuana situation, yeah. if it comes out now and he does test positive for it as it is, it would fall under the banned substance. Like, how long is that in the system for for a test? 28 days. Do you know offhand? Uh, they say on average about, they say between 30, 30 and 45, um, it can stay in your system up to 90 uh, depending on you know your use, Kane was saying that he was using CBD, which won't test positive. Okay, so that yeah, the, the, the Nate Diaz loophole kind of thing. Yeah, he shouldn't. T- his his THC nanogram should be low enough off of it. Um, it depends on how well the oil was made, though. I suppose. Well, it depends much. on what he. Well, it just depends on the percentage of the THC. Most. Most CBD has less than 3% THC in it, which is really low. Yeah. CBD, all we've talked about this, all it does is, is help your body. It's an anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory, anti-pain, yeah. um, helps you sleep. It's the good stuff that don't get you stoned. Yep. You know, the, yeah, the it, doesn't, it doesn't really give you a head high. It just makes your body feel better, um, if that's what he's using. Uh, according to... So we had a, we had a report earlier today... Fake report that uh, Kane was going to be out of the fight for an undisclosed reason. Uh, the MMA media has since said that that is false. Um, Javier Mendez and several of the AKA guys all tweeted photos and videos of Kane training today. Yeah, I think we've seen one on a treadmill or something. He was on an you know, yeah, elliptical. Yeah. yeah, elliptical. Yeah, yeah, we thought it was, I thought it was a treadmill. I said treadmill the first time, okay. but it was actually, a, a, once I opened it and looked at it better, it was the elliptical. Uh, but it's easy to believe that an AKA guy is going to be injured. Right, oh no, without a doubt, especially Kane. <laughs> 
But uh, so there was. Also, she, when the news comes out, it's uh, unknown, but he's out. And the news came out with the whole medical marijuana thing. It's like, well, did he get flagged? Well, yeah, and so Ariel. Was the injury worse than, than was thought? Like, there's a couple different doors that could have been opened from that report at first. Here's. So for it to be for it to come out as fake though it is kind of a relief. Yeah, Ariel Ariel went on, reached out to Javier Mendez and tweeted a bunch of stuff from him. Um, said uh, so here's the four hours ago, according to his head coach, uh, aka Javi, or at aka Hav, Cain uh, Velasquez is training jujitsu right now and is not out of the UFC 207. Reports inaccurate. He said. Mendez also stressed that they're making no excuses going to UFC 207 despite the back issue. He said Kane is on point and he's confident in him. Uh, the initial report doesn't say a reason. If accurate, no one, including Kane or Verdum, has been told he's out. And then he tweeted the picture of uh, Kane. Kane also tweeted out, I'm ready to fight at UFC 207. And then uh, just a little while ago, he brought up. Let me find it. Uh, as of an hour ago, every member of Kane's team said he's fine. Other hypothesized his issues might be with the NA- NAC after a recent interview with ESPN. No word from NAC yet. Uh, I've reached out to NAC for comment. Confirmed it's not a USADA issue. Kane and Verdum have been told nothing's changed as of now. He said to further clarify, the admission of using marijuana is not a potential issue at all. It's the back injury... Uh, it's the back injury slash surgery. See Rockhold pre one ninety nine. Fair enough. Okay. So we're you know he's still going to be out there and he's you know as of right now. I mean even by tomorrow that could change with an AKI guy. You never know. There's nothing set in stone with those guys. But as of right now, he's still well, it's like it's like we've always said that when it comes to an AKA fighter, you're ne- you're we're never really fully sure he's going to make the fight. Until the referee says, let's get it on. Until that cage door closes. It's all up in the air. Yeah. They could get injured doing the pat down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you hit my knee too hard. That's it. I'm out. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. It's a matter of time. We joke, but it's a matter of time before that happens to an AKA guy. (laughs) The beam's going to get tapped down as he's going for his title fight against Jose and the referees and touch his knee the wrong way and down he goes. He's a career-ended injury. That's it. Game over. Yeah. So I right. think I think that's going to pretty much bring us to the, the end of the show this week. Uh, right. Let's get final thoughts. Dave, we'll start with you. Um, you know, this is going to be, uh, we got what, one more show before the end of the year and the turnaround of next year. One more show, one more fight card. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to to open up the new year and uh, bring forth some, some great new stuff and have another year of the show. You know, uh, we, we've had a, uh, uh, what was our, our one year anniversary was in October. October. Yeah. October. So, yeah. You know, a lot, a lot has, a lot has changed and, uh, I'm looking forward to doing our end of the year show and our beginning of the next year show with the fighter of the year and all that kind of stuff. So lots of stuff I'm looking forward to coming up. And, uh, you know, it's all of our listeners. This will be our last show before then. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate uh, to you and yours. I wish you the best. Ryan? <clears throat> yeah, I just... Uh... I just want to give uh, all of our listeners a little shout out there. Have a Merry Christmas to, uh, like you said, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. Tet, whatever, Ramadan, whatever holiday you celebrate. You got Hopefully it, it's a good one. You know, get together with the family, get some food in you, get some booze in you, get some fights out of you, do what you got to do. 
the duel with the family. You know, yippee ki motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> and uh, my final thought, uh, John Jones, staying busy, man. He's going to continue to compete in Submission Underground uh, no-gi competitions, so that's cool. He's staying busy. Everybody with a fucking black belt has called him out in the last week, including the names of uh, Jake Shields, Luke Rockhold, uh, Frank Mir, uh, Vinny Magales, uh, Dylan fucking Dennis even trying to pull a Conor McGregor. Like, Jesus Christ. As a side note, let's talk about your Just involvement in that. <laughs> so today, uh, I tried to I tried to troll. I've, I've been a little better on my trolling with people. A little bit. The, the Tyrone Woodley blocking. I guess. Yeah, the, yeah, the Tyrone Woodley incident of 2000, or, uh, yeah, 205. 205, yeah. I've tried to be a little nicer. So today... Vinny Magalish was uh, tweeting how he would like to take on Frank Mir at Submission Underground 3 um, and was informed that Frank Mir couldn't do it because of a seminar, blah, blah, blah. He said, well, you know, anybody, any light heavyweight or heavyweight. So I tweeted trying to fuck with him. I said, how about at Gary Tonin again? And Vinny didn't get that I was trying to joke with him, and he thought I was being serious and liked the tweet and then then replied to it. I think Gary's got a match set up, but if that falls through, I would love to. Gary Tonin got my joke and liked and retweeted it, but uh, Vinny Megalist... Look at you becoming a matchmaker now. Uh, well, I mean, I almost, after that, I almost went about, well, how about Renato, Renato uh, LaRange, which if you don't know who Renato LaRange is, you should look him up and uh, go watch Vinny's first match at uh, EBI 9. You'll hear his thoughts on Mr. Vinny Magales. Um, but, you know, I tried to tried to troll him. The only person that got the joke was Gary Tonin. <laughs> Shout-outs to Gary for uh, understanding me. And being a beast. Just and just being because, a beast. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, back on track. Uh, final, My final thoughts, as you guys have said, want to wish all our listeners a, a Merry Christmas uh, or, whatever holiday, or whatever other holiday you, you celebrate. Uh, Thank you guys for sticking around and continuing this journey with us. Um, you know, guys guys like John that have come along with Ryan, uh, your brother-in-law, Rich, who's been with us from the beginning, Joey, Paul Jackson, uh, my buddy, Big Matt Parrot, who I was talking with today, who said despite despite our, uh, our constant Connor love, um, he does enjoy the show even though we're a little overly loving on Mr. McGregor. That's all to right. which I explained to him, well, what do you expect with three Irish hosts? Exactly. Uh, you oh, know, Jake, Jake Lawrence, you know, you've been a constant, constant participant with the show. Um, our, our crew from over at Island, we still get some interaction on the, sh- on the fan show page with you guys. Uh, your brother Jordan, who's very active. Um, Dale and Scott, who we mentioned a lot. Um, all you guys, you know, just thank you for taking the time to listen to sticking with us every week and being a part of the show. Get your goddamn questions in more, though. That's a slacking on this shit. Throw one thing. Um, actually, my, my sister-in-law, uh, Emily, uh, she jumped on board uh, when I started out, and she actually gave, uh, she gives me a lot of uh, a lot of feedback to help me. You know, get better at the show, which clearly is not working. But I'm working <laughs> at it a little bit at a time, and uh, I just want to give her a shout out because she jumped in there when I came on board, and her support's uh, been good. Good. 
appreciate it as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. And uh, finally, you know, your family, thank you for all their support and how much they do and put up with, with us. Ryan, you know, you, we thank your wife for how much she lets you be a part of the show and, and puts up with us taking you away from your wife, your pregnant wife and child every week. So, Kara, we love you. We appreciate you very much. Um. Yeah, yeah, I think that, uh, Carla, Carla is definitely a fan of you guys now. After that, share so, <laughs> she, you guys have a you, you, you guys have a new fan. Our little our little our little tiny fan. Yeah, our official average Joe's That's mascot. It. Yep, Carla, our official average Joe's mascot. There we go. Yep. So let's uh, for David Van Bogen, Ryan Dempsey. I'm Jeff Shanahan. Happy holidays from us at the Average Joe's, and we will catch you guys next week. <laughs>